Greetings, friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Uh, last week, we were in 1 Corinthians 4. I didn't finish the chapter. We're going to try and do that uh, today and then probably get into chapter 5. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We know that it's sharp, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's powerful. It's alive. It's cuts and separates the soul from the spirit, even to the joints and marrow. And is, and it is a discerner of the intents of the heart. So we thank you for your word today. Father, I thank you for this listening audience. I bless them and I thank you for giving them a, a fresh fire in their heart for the things of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's get started. I'm in the New King James Version and... I mentioned last week that I was going to get into the Amplified Bible. I think what I'm going to do is just going to read a few things out of the Amplified Bible that I didn't get to last week with regard to a couple of the first verses in chapter 4. I'd just like to start with verse 1, and then we'll, we'll jump back over to 14. This is what Paul writes. He says, and I think this might be a little clearer for you to help you understand. Verse 1, chapter 4. So then let us, apostles, be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards or trustees of the mysteries, the secret purposes of God. I like that. Secret purposes of God. So Paul and Apollos are the trustees of the secret purposes of God. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. Just as I mentioned about Joseph in Potiphar's house last week, he says, but as for me personally, it matters very little to me that I should be put on trial by you on this point and that you or any other human tribunal should investigate and question and cross cross question me I do need I do not even put myself on trial and judge myself I am not conscient conscious of anything against myself and I feel blameless but I am not vindicated and acquitted before God on that account it is the Lord himself who examines and judges me so do not make any hasty or premature judgments before the time when the Lord comes again, for he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives, and purposes of hearts. Then every man will receive his due commendation from God. I just want to stop there a second because I like how the Amplified says here that the Lord is going to bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives, and purposes of hearts. You see, when you allow yourself, when you surrender your heart to the Holy Spirit each and every day, if you give him the license and you tell him, I welcome you to expose and disclose every motive and purpose in my heart. I assure you, he will. 
Because there are things, because we are human, that he will expressly show you. He'll show you that hidden little motive in your heart that was uh, not right. He just showed me something the other day, and I was like, you know, Lord, I, I had the wrong motive in my heart. See, he's always, he's always looking at that aspect of our heart. What is the motive? What is your, what is your ultimate intention for doing what you do? Is it to gain popularity? Is to, is it to gain esteem from men, or is it really to advance the kingdom of God? And he says here that the Lord is the Lord will will bring to light. Oh, yes, he will. He'll bring to light the secret things that are hidden in darkness and he'll disclose and expose the secret motives and purposes of hearts. Okay. Let's start with. Oh, I know there was something I did want to. Um share with you that's in the Amplified that is not in the New King James Version. When we read verse 11, this is what I read in the New King James. Now, if you don't have your Bible open, it's going to be a little hard to follow me because I am jumping around here. But verse 11 in the New King James says, to the present hour, Paul says, we both hunger and thirst and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. This is what it says in the Amplified. To this hour, we have gone both hungry and thirsty. We habitually wear but one undergarment and shiver in the cold. We are roughly knocked about and wander around homeless. And we still toil unto weariness for our living, working hard with our hands. When men revile us, wound us with an accursed sting, we bless them. When we are persecuted, we take it patiently and endure it. And when we are slandered and defamed, we try to answer softly and bring comfort. We have been made and are now the rubbish and filth of all the world, the offscouring of all things, the scum of the earth. That should give you some idea of how difficult Paul's life was. So, he starts in verse 14. You know, let me just say, I just want to stop there. When I read this in the Amplified, and it says that we wear but one undergarment, can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine? Oh, you know... I'm, I, I just have to say this. I'm sorry. But when I see these preachers on TV, and they are dressed to the nines, and they've got gold cufflinks, and they've, you know, and they've got, you know, their initials embroidered on the, on the cuff of their sleeve, it almost nauseates me. And I, you know, it's just one of those things. And I'm not trying to, you know, speaking about judging I just think, wow, you know, I'm not judging that person uh, personally. 
but I just it just makes me think about Paul. It makes me think that there was no greater person on the face of the earth that put forth the truth of the gospel more than Paul. And yet, could you imagine Paul coming to your church, having worn the same undergarment, having toiled with his hands, um, hungry, thirsty? Can you imagine? Would you have even invited Paul to come and minister at your church? Hmm. Something to think about. I do want to make another comment. When he says here in verse 12 and 13, really, 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 folks, this is the gospel. When you are reviled, when you are spoken evil of, when you are um, slandered, do you bless When people say horrible things about you, do you bless them? Are you just ready to take their head off? When you're persecuted, are you patient? Do you endure it? And when you're slandered, do you comfort with encouraging words? That's the gospel. That's what we're talking about. That's being a Christian. That's walking out on a daily basis, being a real Christian. Okay, verse 14. Paul says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Now, that's a father. He's talking to them as a father. That's how fathers, you know, if, if you're an earthly father, you know, you don't want to shame your children. You want to teach them. You want to warn them. Sometimes you have to put the rod to them because they're, they are so rebellious and so willful. And the Bible says that that is, uh, I know, I know that most people think that's not right. I'm just telling you, spare the rod, spoil the child. But Paul is saying, calling them his beloved children. He's been a father to them. He says, I'm not doing this to shame you. I'm just warning you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. And he's basically telling them, you've had, you may have had a lot of people guide you, there were people that came to the Corinthian church Paul wasn't there obviously he he only came and visited and got things going and then he left so there were many people that came and um, shared the gospel with this church and he's saying you might have had 10,000 people to instruct you to kind of lead you on the right path but you don't have many fathers because I'm I've been a father to you you may not have liked it, but I've been, a, I've been a good father to you. He says, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere 
in every church. Remember that they didn't have the gospel, right? They didn't have a New Testament Bible. So Paul is writing these letters and he's telling them, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And look, I've even sent you Timothy, my very, very special beloved son in the Lord. I've sent him to you. And he will remind you of my ways in Christ. Verse 18, now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you. Um, some of you are arrogant. But he said, I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills. And I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? So, um, again, it's, it's, it's kind of a rebuke. Let's read it in the, um, in the Amplified. He says, I don't write this to shame you, but to warn and counsel you as my beloved children. After all, though you should have 10,000 guides to direct you in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the glad tidings, the gospel. So I urge you and implore you, be imitators of me. For this very cause I sent to you, Timothy, who is my beloved and trustworthy child in the Lord, who will, who will recall to your minds my methods of proceeding and course of conduct and way of life in Christ, such as I teach everywhere in each of the churches. Some of you have become conceited and arrogant and pretentious, counting on my not coming to you. But I will come to you, and shortly if the Lord is willing, willing, and then I will perceive and understand, not what the talk of these puffed up and arrogant spirits amount to, but their force, the moral power and excellence of the soul they really possess. For the kingdom of God consists of and is based not on talk, but on power, moral power and excellence of soul. Now, which do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of correction or with love and gentleness? So he gives them the option here that... Um, you know, <laughs> a bunch of them were probably counting on him not coming. Why? Because then they could, they could live as they want, do as they want, and really not follow the principles. But he said, I'm coming. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out, he says. I'm going to perceive. I'm going to understand what all this puffed-up, arrogant talk is all about. Because he says the kingdom of God is not about, you know, you can talk till the cows come home, basically. But the kingdom of God isn't based on talk. It's based on power. So he's giving them the choice. Do you want me to come with a rod of correction? Because apparently he's going to have to come with a rod of correction or with love and in a spirit of gentleness. I assure you that he's going to come with both. He's got to bring correction, but he's going to come in love because that's what Paul's all about. 
That's what Paul's all about. They haven't understood it yet, you see. They just look at him probably as some harsh dictator kind of guy. And that's truly not his heart, and that's truly not how he's trying to come across. Sometimes in written form, it's hard to understand what the person's really trying to say. That's why he's saying, look, I'm going to come to you. Because when I come and see you face to face, and it's always better face to face. It really is. Because you can't always put your feelings in words. But when you're face to face and you see the person's, you know, their countenance, their reaction, then you kind of have a better understanding of where they're coming from. And he says, I've, I've got to come face to face with you. I'm going to see what you're really talking about. I'm going to show you that the kingdom of God is not in talk, but it's, it's in power. So let's go ahead and start chapter 5. Paul writes, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have already judged, as though I were present, him who has so done this deed. I want to stop there because I have been talking about judging. Paul says, what does he say right here? I have already judged him who has done this deed. So you see, Jesus said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Paul just said, I have already judged him. What has Paul judged him with? Righteous judgment. Why? Because he, this man went and took his father's, his daddy's wife, and had sex with her. So Paul judge, is judging with righteous judgment here. This is like, oh, goodness gracious. So he knows he's got to deal with a big problem here. There's been sexual immorality, and guess what? It's, it's so bad that there has been a guy that took his daddy's wife and had sex with her. So I just want to point out again to you about this judging, because he's judging this man with righteous judgment. Verse 4, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Do you know, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, Purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 
I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother or sister who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner not even to eat with such a person for what have i to do with judging those also who are outside do you not judge those who are outside but those who are outside god judges therefore put away yourselves the evil person let me again talk right now quickly to about this judging we don't judge the world god's going to judge them we don't have to judge them they're already condemned the bible says if you if you have if you do not have faith in christ you're already condemned so we don't have to judge them they're already condemned they're already sentenced god will deal with them um so now look what Paul is going to write here because in verse 21 chapter 4 he said what do you want do I come to you with a rod in or in love and a spirit of gentleness and then he goes on he says oh here we are we've got sexual sexual immorality as not e- it's not even named among the Gentiles this thing that you've done, this man who's had sex with his father's wife. And, he, and you don't even mourn it. In, fa- in fact, you're, you still, you're still keeping him in and among the, the brethren in the fellowship. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. This one has to be delivered to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. That his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Then talks about leaven. Leaven is sin. Do you not know that a little, a little leaven, a little sin, leavens the whole lump? Yeah. So purge out the old leaven that you may have a new lump. In other words, you've got to get rid of this individual. He's got to come out from your gathering of fellowship believers. Because he is going to leaven the whole lump and we've got to have a new lump and it's got to be an unleavened lump for Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us we can't keep the feast of Passover with old leaven or with leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth I mean this is like this is like Foundation 101. Let's read this in the Amplified. Chapter 5. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, impurity of a sort that is condemned and does not occur even among the heathen, for a man has his own father's wife. Are you proud and arrogant? And you ought rather to mourn, bow in sorrow and shame until the a person who has done this shameful thing is removed from your fellowship and your midst and ought and ought you rather to 
to mourn until the person who has done this shameful thing is removed from your fellowship in your midst. As for my attitude, though, Paul says, though I'm absent from you in the body, I am present with you in the spirit, and I've already decided and passed judgment as if actually present. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, on the man who has committed such a deed, I have already judged this man. When you and my own spirit are met together with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man over to Satan for physical discipline, to destroy carnal lusts, which prompted him to incest, that his spirit may yet be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. About the condition of your church, your boasting is not good indeed, and it is most unseemly and entirely out of place. Do you not know that just a little leaven will ferment the whole lump of dough? Purge, clean out the old leaven, that you may be fresh and new dough, still uncontaminated as you are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, not with leaven of vice and malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of purity, nobility, honor, sincerity, and unadulterated, I can't say that word, unadulterated, there we go, I got it spit out, unadulterated truth. I wrote you in my previous letter not to associate closely and habitually with unchaste, impure people. Not, meaning of course that you must altogether shun the immoral people of this world, or the greedy graspers and cheats and thieves and idolaters, since otherwise you would need to get out of the world and human society altogether. But now I write to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a Christian brother if he is known to be guilty of immorality or greed or is an idolater whose soul is devoted to any object that usurps the place of God or is a person with a foul tongue, railing, abusing, reviling, slanderer, or is a drunkard, or a swindler, or a robber. No, you must not so much as eat with such a person. You know, we're almost done uh, with today's program. I, all I can say is, look, I, I don't know. We have, we have so veered off. Because the church allows all of this stuff. And so the body of Christ is leavened. It's leavened with sin. It's leavened with people that live like this. Yeah, I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've heard it with my own two ears. And yet nothing is done. For what reason? I don't know. Fear. Fear of losing people. Fear of losing money. Fear of not making the bills in the church. I don't know what what the uh, motives are. I'm not going to speak to that. I'm just saying judgment, the scripture says, belongs in the ho- first belongs in the house of God. We've got to clean up the church of Jesus Christ in America. We've got to get the leaven out of the church. Whose responsibility is that? Leadership. Leadership is always responsible. Because you'll stand in account before the Lord for those that you have been shepherding you're over so let that be um let that just be 
a challenge to those uh, who are pastoring, those who are leading a congregation. Be careful. You need to remove the leaven among the fellowship because Paul says you shouldn't even eat with them. So we are out of time, but we will uh, begin, we'll start in chapter 6 next week and um, we may, I may make another comment about chapter 5, but we'll start into chapter 6 next week. So I really bless you. This is Memorial Day and I hope that you have had a blessed weekend and in the spirit of a Memorial Day uh, as we honor those um, patriots, we, we do honor them very, very much. So this is Don Noble. I look forward to being with you next week. You can go to www.pureheart.today to listen to this podcast again. And if you would be so kind to write me, P.O. Box 85, Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I look forward to being with you again. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.